and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. I'm your host, Lori Crete. I'm a licensed esthetician, spa owner, industry consultant, speaker, and journalist, and the founder of the Beauty Biz Club, which is the only professional success-based society designed to dramatically up your bookings, increase your profits, and provide you with industry-specific resources that are needed to succeed. If you'd like to know more about how you can become a member of the Beauty Biz Club, please visit beautybizclub.com. Now I invite you to join me as I feature inspirational messages from industry gurus and practical tips to tap into your best success. Stay tuned for some serious Beauty Biz entertainment. Hey everybody, it's Lori Crete here, and I want to welcome you to the Beauty Biz Show. Today, I'm excited to introduce you to Haley Wood. Hi, Haley. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited to be here with you. I'm so happy to have you here. And what, you know, I've decided to do near the end of the year is bring on estheticians who have inspired me throughout 2020. So I'm so happy to hear that. That's great. Thank you for your time. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being willing to share. I think we need to hear and be supportive of each other now more than ever. So where are you located? You've moved around a little bit as I look at your website and your bio. Yes. So right now I am in Southern Oregon. I'm in a slightly smaller town, about three hours south of Portland. I was living in Los Angeles for the last eight years. That's where I had my practice. But with the pandemic, everything sort of shut down up until recently. Have people been able to start working again? But I I was sort of recruited by a fellow esthetician who was like, if you are willing to move up here, I've got a surplus of clients. The town I'm in really doesn't have a lot of cases. So it's been really nice to get that sort of like activity with my esthetician skills. And my husband and I are here and we'll see what the future holds. But yeah, I've kind of jumped around. I know what it's like to start over, but it's definitely been such a weird transition this this go around. But I still talk to all my clients in LA and do online consults with them. So I kind of feel like I'm a little everywhere right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it's good to be a little everywhere right now. You know, you, it's what's kept us, I think, sane and safe yeah. and still being able to do what we love to do, which is creating beauty and success. Where did you live in LA? Uh, do you know Beachwood Canyon? How come like I don't? I lived in Encino and Sherman Oaks forever. Yeah, it's one of those neighborhoods that I people who are from LA don't even know about, but you know the Hollywood sign? Yeah. Right under there. Like if oh. you would go on my street, it was like the perfect lead up to like right where the Hollywood sign is. It's it's in like the like near Los Feliz, you know, okay. in that area. So kind of east, east Very, Hollywood. For Hollywood, it's almost old school artsy area. Yes. Right? Yeah, I loved it. It was so dreamy. <laughs> and where was your beauty practice there? I worked from home. I were I had I kind of like didn't really mean for that to happen, but it just kind of took off and funny, I was always looking for a studio space to transition into, but all of my clients really enjoyed coming into my studio space that I made out of in my home. So it kind of just worked out and really I was on the verge of transitioning into a space where maybe I could have other estheticians with me. And then, you know, the pandemic happened. So now I'm in this great dermatology office where I'm still my own independent contractor, but I have this beautiful room. So I sort of manifested this great space, but just in a totally different state, (laughs) you know? Well, going from LA to, and I have the weirdest questions and maybe that's why people like this show so much because I'll just ask anything, but did you have parking at your house in LA in that Um, area? Yes. So weirdly enough, we had two parking spaces available. So if there wasn't any street parking, I could always make that available for my clients, my guests, but there was always parking in the neighborhood. No one ever had an issue with it. And I just didn't work on the days with street sweeping or like that, that hour that you have to do street sweeping. Cause I just was figured it would be too stressful. And that's just how my schedule ended up working out anyways. But yeah, I had this like plethora of options for people. It always sort of worked out. 
I think that people, they think if you're an esthetician in Hollywood or LA, it's like this fantasy life. And there are all these weird obstacles that, that people don't think about when you live and work there and parking is certainly one of them. Yes, absolutely. And it's one of those things that now it's, it's not an issue. There's a great parking lot in the, in the area I'm in, but I still have my directives of like, by the way, there is a parking lot and no one here cares. I'm like, oh, that's just my LA mind, (laughs) you know, trying to look ahead. (laughs) It freaks me out when people are five, 10 minutes early to their appointment too, because you you were always five to 10 minutes late, your clients in LA, right? Like you just knew traffic to expect it. Especially any appointment that was like from three o'clock past, you know, 6 p.m. I'm like, yeah, I know you're going to be 15 minutes late. It's okay. (laughs) I block off the time. Don't worry. I'll just like drink and have, you know, some food in the meantime. And then I I, I just sort of knew (laughs) what to expect. That's funny. I did the same thing. And you and I have lived very parallel lives. I had my business in Los Angeles for a long time and then I sold it and I moved out here and I'm in a doctor's office. I rent space. Nice. And same thing, no parking, no traffic. Although a lot of LA people are moving to the Palm Springs area because of what's happening. Yeah. And it's funny because this doctor for years, I would go see him and I would say, when you get a space that you're willing to rent to me, let me know and I'll sell my LA spot. And I think he thought I was joking, but I really wasn't. And here I am. Oh my gosh. I love that alignment. That's so great where you were there and you really kind of got the energy of the place and you knew that you could thrive there and then it opened up and everything aligned. I love that. That's so great. I just, and I don't know about you. I wanted to, well, you were in your home for me. I, my rent and all the bills were like four grand a month. Yeah. Insane. And I just wanted to simplify a little bit and I found this works for me. I love, I love what I'm doing. So I didn't realize that you actually packed up and moved in the middle of the pandemic. What month did you move from Los Angeles to where you are in Oregon? Uh, June. It was really difficult because the day we left was actually blackout Tuesday where there was just a lot of commotion. I don't know if you remember in like the, in LA, there was cop cars everywhere. There were helicopters all over my neighborhood and it just was very overwhelming. You know, the night before we left, there was a mandate to stay at home, I think at like 5 p.m. And we were like, we're moving though. <laughs> we got to like pack the truck and get ready. And luckily everything worked out. The energy here was like really grounding for my nervous system after going through all of that. But yeah, it was tough. And we we really wanted to make sure we were being as safe as possible. Luckily, my husband and I tested negative for COVID and we made sure to quarantine and do all of the necessary steps. I didn't actually start working until July. So I gave myself some time for that turnover. Even though it, it does go by quickly when you are in a move and you're like, oh, wow, I'm already working again. And it was really kind of interesting to go through that transition. I didn't expect that when 2020 started, I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, I just got a little bit goosebumpy and emotional because I know what it feels like to leave a business that you love and people yeah. that you love. And for you to have to make that decision and do it in such chaos, it must have been really hard for you. It was. Um, yeah, I appreciate you seeing that perspective because of course, like I don't want to complain. I know that redirection is part of, you know, just surrendering to this journey called life. And I have moved before. I was licensed in Wisconsin and then I moved to Texas. And then, you know, being in LA, it took me a couple of years to kind of find my footing to really start my own business. And I really didn't expect to have to leave when I did. When you, I've had the opportunity to leave in the past, I could say goodbye to all my clients in person and have a going away party and doing all of that. But this time around, it was much different. I couldn't hug people. So I just plan, I'm keeping my license in California so I can go back when it's safe to and just do facials either quarterly and just visit some of my clients there and just take space at an office or something like that. You know, all of the details of it are not quite like mapped out because things keep changing, but that's my intention for sure. Because I gave so much of myself to the business that I created there and to my clients that I feel like things are so unfinished that I'm like, I got to go back. I got to make sure people can eventually like have that one-on-one with me at least one or two more times, you know? 
Mm-hmm. But it, it was rough. <laughs> when you so got being to, frank. Well, and then you got there. I know when I moved, I took three months off and my father made me work. The day I turned 16, I had no choice. I got a job. Yeah. And so this was the first time in my life at 48 years old that I was not doing something every day. And I went through an identity crisis. Did you feel that? Like being in a pandemic, giving up your business, moving to a new place, refigure out who you are. Absolutely. I definitely went through a big crisis of identity where I, I felt like having my own business because I've been an esthetician since I was 19, but it's same as you. I've been working for a long time. I always had one to two jobs, even so far as to like helping out at the dentist office that my mom worked at when I was like 12 years old, like always doing stuff. So to not be working as a facialist, which is the only thing I've done in my entire adulthood, like really gave me this, I needed that energy from my clients. And I needed that sort of exchange with people and being of service really makes me feel like myself and I have value. But two, I really found who I was in developing my business and being able to put out the kind of work that resonated with me and felt authentic to who I am. Like that's why I think I was as successful as I was am. I should say am because I still am successful. That still is a part of who I am. But then moving somewhere and not having people completely understand this identity that I have kind of become and had this this like authenticity of why I do what I do, like having to explain and almost start to sell myself again. It is really hard. I'm still in that process, but I realize okay, I can go back to how I would do things when I first started working in in a high volume spa and just follow the rule book and make my light really dim and just kind of get through the day. Or I can just stay, you know, present in who I am and work on my own health and mental wellness. And whoever is meant to come to me is going to get the, the treatment that they deserve. And hopefully that just builds over time. I just don't want to lose what I gained out of my experience in LA. And I think I've been feeling a little rattled. So it's, it's been a good indication of, okay, what do I need to feel grounded so that I can do the work again? And that's kind of my compass through this whole thing. (laughs) I'm sure it is for you too. I can totally relate to what you're saying because when I went to the doctor's office and this is a space I had been frequent, you know, like I was comfortable there as his patient But I remember my first day there sitting in that treatment room that I worked so hard to make pretty. Yes. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, I have no clients. And all of a sudden I'm not in charge anymore. I mean, I owned my spa. I was used to being a boss. I was booked solid. I was used to people calling all day long, trying to get in. And all of a sudden it was a totally, I felt like I was shrinking. So for anyone listening in, for you, the advice I would give is just like you said, be who you are and keep showing up. I remember the next day, day two, I got ready for work and I did have a client, one client that day. And Jay said, why are you going in so early? And I said, because if I want it, I have to manifest it. Yeah. And the craziest thing happened. I went in there, I was sitting in my room and 10 minutes later, this lady just walks in the door and she goes, I don't even know why I'm here. I just moved. I drove by. I saw this was a med spa. I would love a facial. And I'm like, well, I think I manifested you. And she is the most spiritual, wise. I mean, we laugh until we cry. She's come in every month since then. So just got to keep showing up. Yes, exactly. And there have been those beautiful connections I have already found here. And I feel like I... I was ready to meet new people, but I also, it was really difficult to leave the connections I had in Los Angeles. So part of my heart wasn't quite healed to be open with people. I just sort of was like, well, I'll show up, I'll do the work. I know that they're probably going to enjoy it and we'll just see what happens. And I realized that I could really find those connections right away too. I have found some great, you know, clients already that have come in every month and they're, they're really connecting with what I have to offer and, and their energy is also feeding me. So I feel like that's, it's been kind of, you know, it's slow building given our circumstances. Like our networking is not quite the same as we typically would be, but you know, we we're doing our best and, but it, it is really interesting. I didn't expect to kind of have those connections right away. I'm glad that happened for you. Happy manifesting. <laughs> oh my God. It was so, and she keeps saying to me, like her husband's sick now. Uh, and she keeps saying, I just can't believe how, 
we were supposed to meet each other. She's yeah. so sweet. Oh, so, I, and, but I, I mean, I'm from Vermont, so I grew up holistic. So I want to segue oh, into yeah. really, this is your, we had a well, we had a garden. We were very green before it was a trendy thing wow. to do. Really. Oh, I admire that so much. Oh, wow. yeah, I used to go pick green beans and raspberries in my aunt's garden. Then behind that, there was railroad tracks where I'd get blackberries for my grandmother to make a pie. It was like the most beautiful childhood just in nature all the time. I love it. So <laughs> I think where you are now reminds me of Vermont and people are going to be very drawn to your approach. So let's go back a little bit. 19 years old, stepping into a career. What was your first job out of school? Funny enough, I I had a job before I even graduated because one of my instructors at my school, she was moving to California out of all places. I went to school in Wisconsin, the Milwaukee area. And she was like, you know, because in school, they don't teach you how to do like Brazilian waxing. You kind of have to learn that afterwards. She's like, but I'll teach you at the end of the school day. And then you just, you do it at your interview and they'll hire you, I promise. And so I kind of just faked it till I made it. And then I ended up working at this beautiful salon and spa for the first three years of my career before I ended up moving to Austin. But the fact that I had a job before I even graduated was really because my teacher had suggested me. It was just sort of serendipitous. It kind of ended up working out really beautifully. And I probably, if I would have never moved, I'd probably still be at that spa, (laughs) which is crazy to think about, but I loved it there. Okay. So, so many people right now are looking for employees. I just interviewed a gal yesterday who I feel like done everything. If you were in a spot where you were an employee and you loved it so much, you probably never would have left. Can you tell me one thing that you loved? So it's these people looking for estheticians know what type of environment to create for their employees. Well, for me, I was so young and impressionable. I just found that my team, like it was between me and another esthetician and the rest were stylists. Like we all were sort of in it together. There was a group mentality of, you know, I have a client, I see that they might need their eyebrows wax. I'm going to recommend Haley. And then I saw somebody who, you know, would start kind of talking about hair. There was this beautiful cross promotion going on all the time. And I felt like as a group of people, as a group of individuals who wanted to amplify somebody's like self-worth and self-confidence and all of that, like we really worked beautifully as a team to elevate everybody's energy whenever we worked on them. So I think it was a collective that made me feel like I could be here for a long time. Like it's not all on me to make one client feel their best all the time. It really felt like everybody had the intention to work together in a synergistic way. So for me, like, you know, community and that type of culture is really what I look for when I'm, you know, wanting to work somewhere, but also to whenever I have somebody come to me, I want them to feel that sort of like, I always outsource acupuncturist, nutritionist, like whoever, I want them to feel like there's a group effort. It, you know, it always takes a village to take care of us. <laughs> so. I feel like it, that's the truth. And I feel like clients feel and are drawn to that type of space and that type yeah. of energy. It's a good client attraction tool when everybody just allows somebody to step into, I call it your profitable passion. It's the yeah. thing you would do all day long for free, but you probably should charge the most for it. Yeah. Your specialty. So I think a lot of people use the term holistic Mm -hmm. in their skincare, but many of us don't really understand fully. Let's say it's a journey, not a destination anyway, right? There's always room for improvement, but I feel like you really embody it from what I've seen on social media. Great. That makes me happy to hear. (laughs) Good. Yeah, I do. So I want to talk about that a little bit, but how did you find your way into this holistic approach? Where were you? For me, I started doing microcurrent and it was literally like the angels started singing around me when I saw Tracy Martin on Oprah. I knew that's what I had to do. So did you have that moment or was it more something you eased into? I think it's a little bit of both. Like I eased into it because I had come from this sort of like fear-based background of like, but that's not what the clients want. Like I should be doing everything that's exciting for them, you know, whether it's the the latest like laser or peel or whatever. And there's space for all of those modalities, of course, but there was always something about that sort of exchange that I felt almost like an imposter syndrome, or there was a lack of confidence because 
I knew when I was in the recipient of those treatments, like my body never really responded to them the way that I was promised. And, you know, my journey to more holistic work is because it's sort of a reflection of my own health journey. I always had a lot of issues growing up in terms of my health. I started breaking out when I was 10. And for me to be able to heal as an adult with acne and chronic inflammation, I really had to look within. I had to do a lot of self-inventory of like how I was speaking to myself, how I was treating my body, why was I being kind of so mean to my skin for expressing inflammation or depletion, whatever it was. And I kind of just started to catalog what my success was in order for me to make that turnaround. And then I realized, okay, there's something here. You know, I felt like I, all I really needed to do was sort of, you know, get more sleep and honor myself with skincare that made me feel good, not just stuff that promised a certain result, you know, and granted, there's room for all of that in our industry. But for me, the way the path sort of unfolded, and what really made the shift was back in 2014, I was 27. And I got shingles, like, my body just sort of went into shock. And I just decided like, you know, I, I was working in a spa that had very conventional products. And I just, I was always feeling really irritated from using them. Like my hands would get irritated. I'd get rashes. And I'm like, I don't even really use these products at home because I'm not responding well to them. So why am I administering facials with them? There's like something that was very low frequency to that. So I just decided, okay, I'm going to just start doing stuff on my own. And people started asking me to do their facials from home. So it kind of just evolved into that. And I just used the stuff that I had. I'm like, well, I have some organic jojoba oil and I have this manuka honey. And I, you know, and then slowly I felt myself getting a little bit more comfortable asking them a little bit more about their health and their emotional well being. And I was finding that just those conversations were allowing people to, make some internal connections that they're intuitive about, but maybe weren't listening to, you know, like just asking a client, like, why do you think you're breaking out? They're like, well, yeah, I mean, I guess I haven't been getting a lot of sleep. I'm like, oh, so perhaps the solution is get a little more sleep and like be kind to yourself and take care of your skin and, you know, all of those other steps that are important. But it's just sort of like holding a mirror up to me and what I needed to do. So then I'm like, all right, I'm going to hold a mirror up to clients and, and help guide them and support them with what they end up uncovering. So it kind of just evolved naturally over time. I'm a person that personally does best with more holistic modalities, like anything traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, I do best with, with my own healing. So that's what I decided to study and honor and has really aligned beautifully for me since. So I love that you say that because a lot of times we will, and I have been guilty of this in the past and with age and wisdom and touching faces, you learn so much really from that, yeah. those experiences. But I just got a text before we hopped on a podcast this morning from one of my clients' moms. And she's like, Oh my God, she regressed. She's totally inflamed. I'm like, did she eat a lot of Halloween candy? And she's like, oh. Duh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> people think it's a product not working or, yeah. you know, it's just like, it's how you treat yourself. And gosh, if we can just kindly educate people to be aware of that, that's such an awesome way to support another human being. Yeah, that's how I see it. And honestly, it's how I would want to be talked to. It's how I would want to be treated. So that's kind of the guide for that too. And I try to be really mindful and not dismiss someone's experience. And But often it's like, I find that the clients are so empowered by discovering that. Like you might have asked the questions, but they were like, oh yes, okay, that is what it is. Now we know what to do. And I feel like they, they get empowered by that and then they learn for the future. Like, okay, I can have this Halloween candy, but then I can expect my skin to break out. So, you know, what's more important to me at this time, you know? I think it's it's a great it's a great tool, but it's for the long haul because a lot of people do want instant results and they don't yeah. want to dive into all the deep work. And I just think naturally, I kind of pull that out of people. It's just how I am. Typically in conversation, I get deep and I I really see you know the beauty in everybody. I don't I don't assess skin in a way where I feel like I have to pick it apart. I just want to enhance it. I want to enhance what's already there, and I want to make somebody feel good ultimately, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. And I love what you said too. Your way is, doesn't have to be the way for everyone because mm-hmm. I have this client and she's fairly new to my business out here. And she always asked me to do chemical peels. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, I'm not educated in them. It's not something I've ever liked on my own skin. Yeah. I've referred her to other estheticians because she will come in and go, but I didn't peel after I saw you. And I'm like, that's Aww. not what I do. Aww. Yeah, but you can go to this person. So there's somebody out there that that's all that's going to make them happy. It's what's going to make their skin feel good to them. So we need to honor that with each other and be happy because it's less of a competition for us. No matter what end of the spectrum. I agree completely. Um, I'm all over the place because I'm also a thinker and I feel like I have such a limited amount of time to pick the brains of the people on my show that I'm going to enjoy every second of it. Let's talk about Manuka Honey. Oh yeah. I love me some Manuka honey. I ingest it almost every single day. I find, especially, you know, with everything that's been going on this year, my health has been the priority. I absolutely need to make sure that I don't, you know, get sick because I have endometriosis, which is a chronic illness that it affects me sort of month long. Like I'll just have chronic pain and that I can get sort of flu-like symptoms just because of the illness. So I'm like, I don't want to feel terrible. There's already enough going on. Like I got to just get as much of this stuff in. And I swear it's, it's helped me so much along with other, you know, supportive measures, but I'm a huge fan and it's amazing for the skin. It's one of my favorite ingredients. to use. Yeah. Yes, I grew up across my uncle. He had a honeybee farm. And my grandmother, every solution to every problem was honey or honeycomb. So it's been part of my life for a long time. How do you use it in skincare? Do you just buy it in the jar? Do you have formulas? Do you create stuff? How do you use it? And what results do you see with it? Well, in my treatment room, I might have a little bit. And if I think it's an appropriate mask or cleansing modality, I'll, I'll utilize it. But sometimes it's just as a, a referral for at home use. I'll try to educate people on how to, you know, honey, honey tap with their skin or use the honey as a cleanser. Or, you know, there's a lot of clients that I find they really want that to over exfoliate and over cleanse when they're at home. I'm like, well, no, we, we've really gotten you in a nice balanced place. Let's try to keep it balanced. But if you feel like you want to do something for the skin without it being this aggressive treatment, then this is a beautiful thing that you can do. But some of the products that I use in my back bar just have that honey in it. And that's usually when people are like, wow, I love that smell, but like, I want to eat whatever's on my face. So if people are enjoy it that much, I know that they're going to enjoy the experience at home. So it's often something I recommend. It's something I use all the time, but especially ingesting it, you know, I don't tell, obviously it's honey, you can ingest it, but for the most part, I love it as a way to soothe the skin, a way to like naturally decongest the skin without aggravating it. So it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful ingredient. Angela Kim, who owns Savor Beauty in New York City, has some Korean-inspired skincare products. Ooh, nice. Beautiful. A gorgeous Manuka Honey Detox Mask. Yes. Angela Kim. Yeah. And it's Savor Beauty. And she she has wholesale accounts for estheticians too. So check out that, that one product. It is probably my favorite Manuka Honey product right now. So yeah. I we'll love the activist Manuka. Have you, have you tried some of their stuff? Activist? No. I'll, I'll not, email you a link. They're, they're okay. a wonderful and they have like the different range. I know that I, I wish I, I could explain a little bit more of the grade. It just obviously the higher the number, like the more potent, I believe it is in terms of its benefits. So what I think like the 85 of their Manuka is like really good. Okay. <laughs> so I'll definitely I'll check that out. Yeah. They're great. And then when you moved up there, was Oregon closed down or were you able, I know you said you took a little bit of time off, but what's been happening as far as your, your community and COVID and lockdowns is a little more free than California was? Yeah, it certainly was. The community is much smaller and the amount of cases were way lower. And so they were on lockdown for about two months. And then they were slowly able to phase in, but there's mask mandates, no large crowds. The only thing I really do is go to the office and I go to the farmer's market because it's outside. <laughs> I try to kind of limit 
interacting with too many people in general because I want to be so present and available for my facials. But yeah, they really didn't have as as difficult of a time as some larger cities and even just some cities up north. Yeah, so they were locked down for two months and then they slowly were able to open. And that's kind of when I came into the picture was during that time. Yeah. Now, how did you know the esthetician up there? Was she somebody you knew from LA or just somebody from online that you had connected with? Mostly an online connection, but we both use the same a skincare brand, Laurel Whole Plant Organics, in our back bar. So we met at a holistic esthetician retreat back in 2018. And I had written a blog post because I, I blog. I have a website that I put a lot of great content out there. It's part cathartic experience for me to just like put it all out there. But also I love to write just educational pieces too. But I wrote a blog about (laughs) what it's been like in LA since lockdown. And this was probably in April. And then she DM'd me and said, you know, this is a shot in the dark, but if you're willing to potentially move to Oregon, I have a great clientele and I'm booked out until next year. Like that's how small this town is, is like she's seeing basically everybody and she's like, I, I could really use support. And I know that you're in alignment with my values. And, and then it kind of worked out. I, you know, obviously talked to my husband and we made, we made a lot of pro and con lists of like, okay, is this worth doing right now? But in the end, it has ultimately been the better decision. Cause I don't know how I would have felt like waiting <laughs> to, to open back up. Cause my husband also lost his work if he would have probably still been employed and been able to work from home, maybe the decision would have been different, but it kind of all aligned where we could show up. And so that DM kind of caught me by surprise of this invitation to come up. And, you know, I I FaceTimed or Zoomed with the doctor, the dermatologist, and I really got along with her and it just kind of worked out. What does your husband do for work? So he was the general manager of one of the the Beverly Hills Equinox, you know, the oh, luxury yeah. gym. And it's like, we never thought like being in fitness and being in beauty that there would be one thing to knock us both out at the same time. But we're like, oh yeah, a pandemic would do that. An airborne virus, sure. That would probably prevent us from working. My so, husband owns a gym. So it was the same oh thing. Oh my God. Yeah. You totally get it, Lori. It's <laughs> yeah. just wild. It's kind of funny how strange, like the circumstances, it always works out because you're both health conscious. You're both seeing clients, like you manage similar businesses. Yeah. And then suddenly you're like, wait. (laughs) So he's been doing virtual online training as a personal training background. He had just moved up to management and has done a lot of like brand consulting and all of that. So now he's doing, you know, the online training and getting connected with different companies to see if it's a good fit for when he takes on full-time employment again. So I love how resilient he is. And I think it's been so wonderful to see him like, build a business kind of out of need and out of nowhere. And I get inspired by that because I did that too, obviously in LA. And so the motivation to do it again is a little lackluster. Like I know I need to put that in, but to see him do it, I'm like, okay, I got this too. We can both do it, you know? Well, there's something to be said for doing it the second, third, fourth, fifth time around, which it sounds like both of us have done because you now have the wisdom and the skill set to do it quickly. That's something you have to keep reminding yourself of. You really do. And you seem to have this beautiful soul that's willing to send you people, the esthetician up there. Yeah. And I've been grateful because it's a small town. So one person who sees me will send in two friends and then that those two friends will send in another couple friends. So it's been this really nice, like referral ripple effect. And I'm, I'm just grateful that people want to get facials at this time because they're craving it. Yeah. I feel like everybody is really needing touch and self care and you know, people just have kind of like back to basic questions because wearing masks all day long, they're feeling a little suffocated and they're not sure what's going on. Like their instincts on how to nurture themselves are a little thrown off. So it's been really nice to just be that support for people. And I don't know about you, but I feel like I get my meditation in when I'm in the treatment room too. Like it's really grounding for me to be in that environment where we kind of just encapsulate ourselves in this this like calm energy to just like rest and receive. And 
I get into a really nice flow and it's really good for my own, you know, work as well. I feel that way too. You know, people say, they ask me all the time, why are you still in the treatment room? I have almost 500 women and, and men in my business academy. Yeah. And I'm like, because I find joy in it. I can't really explain it as meditative for me because with the mask and the shield, it's a little much for me right now, but I will do it if that allows me to go to work. But I do find joy in connecting with people that way and listening to them and making them feel beautiful. And so I do get what you're saying. And do you have, I'm curious because you have so many different certifications and I've been an esthetician for almost 20 years. I'm like, I don't even know what some of these are. I want to talk about those in a minute. (laughs) Do you have any equipment or are you just a hands-on kind of gal? Pretty hands-on. I mean, I'm trying to think I've had, you know, led lights and I, I did microcurrent a long time ago, but didn't really, I loved it. I love receiving it. But when it came to doing it, I didn't have that same spark that you have, obviously. And the people that in my life that have that spark with it and love it, I just want to feed them people and, you know, go receive service from them. Yeah. I don't really, I don't think I have any machines or equipment at this time, but it, you know, it changes. Sometimes something inspires me and I want to try it and it's fun. I use tools. I use washa stones. I use, you know, different reflexology tools, but primarily it's my hands on the product and just working with the lymph and working with the muscles and, you know, just making sure that the skin is kind of responding in a nice soothed way. That's kind of what, the extent of it. As far as timeframes for your facials, what is your most commonly booked? Is it 60 minutes? Where do you feel like you get the full hands-on, I can make you look and feel amazing experience with your clients? Probably 90 minutes. But I don't know about you, but when I started working again, it felt like even if I intended to do 60 minutes, I would go into 90 minutes. And not that I was doing things slower, but I think I just hadn't done it in a while that I just kind of wanted to do more. It took me longer to just like get to a place where I felt like we're concluding, you know? So 90 minutes is probably kind of what I do on average right now anyways. And I'm getting to know so many people that I find first time appointments just kind of take longer anyways. But even in LA, it was usually 90 minutes as well. I find that I just, I talk to kind of like get us, you know, excited about what we're going to do. And then I get to a point where I'm really silent in the treatment. And then that's when like the magic really happens, you know? So we, we ease into that really nicely. I had this woman in the desert here. She's Romanian. She's owned a school forever. And she came in to speak at one of my events and she talked about the yin and the yang of a facial Yeah, and how important that is. And it is, you start off kind of with the heat and then you go into the soothing and that surrounds everything, the feels, the talk, the conversations. So for me, it started taking longer because I felt a little discombobulated. I'm a Virgo. I have systems. I have structures. I have, (laughs) when's your birthday? August 27th. Okay, I'm a day I'm before August, you, August 26th. Yeah. What? When's your <laughs> birthday? Too. Oh, really? August 26th. Yeah. I can't believe I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, happy so the whole monthly birthday, fellow Virgo. You. <laughs> you too. It was an interesting year, wasn't it? For a birthday. Yeah. <laughs> really, really weird, but you know, it is what it is. I turned 33. It's not like an important birthday. I'm like, okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was kind of a last year was a big one. This year, 51. I'm like, eh, doesn't yeah. matter. And I'm not a big, I don't think Virgos are big. Like I have to celebrate and be the center of attention on my birthday anyway. But Jay said, Jay, my significant other said, I'm not going to count this year towards my age because they really didn't do anything for almost a whole year. And I go, okay, yeah. that's. I'm down uh, with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Crazy. So tell me about some of your certifications that you have. Yeah. As an esthetician. So I primarily use manual lymphatic drainage from Dr. Vodder. That I think I incorporate in any sort of treatment. You know, I do it as a standalone, which is excellent for acne excellent for rosacea, just to really get those fluids moving so that we can release some of that heat and just allow the skin to kind of naturally eliminate some of those, you know, built up toxins. And the effect that it has on the nervous system, I find to be really, you know, an impactful way to find that, you know, skin success, because it reduces stress in a person's 
whole well-being so much. So that is probably what I do the most. And honestly, it was the class that scared me the most. I was terrified. I felt like I wasn't retaining anything. And and so I, that's why I challenge myself to do it more often and to really lean into it because it took so much of my soul to just try to achieve that class. I, I felt really challenged by it, which I think was why I wanted it so much and why I love it so much now. And then I do a lot of gua sha, which is a traditional Chinese medicine modality. I was certified under the protocol of a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner. So I really follow her teachings. That just helps kind of like unblock any tension that you may have. And like the slow, rhythmic, methodical pace of it, it can also be great for any skin type. I've seen people like their whole, the whole structure of their face changes when we do it. It's so subtle. I really, really enjoy that. And then the reflexology sort of came as a gift. I kind of just manifested this training. They offered me a scholarship and it really helps just in the way that I assess skin because I learned all the different points and meridians that connect to internal organs. So, you know, that one as a standalone, I don't do it necessarily as much, just like Reiki, I don't necessarily do that as a standalone. I think they're incredible energy workers that just do that work. It kind of the some of the certifications sort of came to me. I'm grateful to like have been in that alignment where the teachers were available to support me. And it kind of just all falls into this nice hodgepodge of like what I then create. But then the last thing that I really do follow in terms of my certification and protocol is this this facial sculpting technique that is really excellent. It's like really deep, repetitive facial massage, like from the decollete up. And then there's this intraoral where I glove up and I put, you know, my hands in the mouth and really help work on some of that TMJ. Or just, I think we're all just grinding so much that it, it can really help like shape the face, but also relieve some of that tension. Especially if somebody's just having a lot of that blockage, that like fluid blockage, just in like different areas of the lower half of their face getting kind of this alignment with that we can achieve with this particular technique and then releasing that has really transformed a lot of people and then gets them a little more connected to what's going on in their full body as opposed to just doing like something on the face and then their shoulders are still like this so that nothing can drain down they're like oh yeah I guess I should really just like open my heart open my chest and have this alignment and then the aftercare is like, yeah, drink water and get some rest. Like, it, And then they just feel really, really soothed and nurtured through that process. So now I've had a bunch of certifications from other things in the past when I worked at different spas, but those are the ones I primarily use now. And I find them to be really, really fun. Like I, I think that I've like hit my stride the most when I started to actively use these particular certifications as my, my main you know, services and offerings. I feel like it, maybe even we're just really finding our way as estheticians because the certification has not been around that long. I think yeah. it was in the late seventies, mid seventies that we actually became, you know, the title esthetician. Yeah. And I don't think we knew where to fit in. Are we cosmetologists? And then we had got all these medical modalities and I think it's just evolved into people finding their space right now and understanding it's about teaching our clients how to care for themselves and and human touch. And I just think there's so much opportunity for everyone in this industry. I agree. And I've tried so many different things. Like I worked for plastic surgeons. I worked in retail. I've done, you know, product formulation. Like I've done so much that... I really, I think that's why I advocate for this as a career so much. And I, I've been in it for 14 years now, would be 15 years in a couple of months. I'm like, it just, it's something you can always grow and evolve and like the learning never stops. So, but I agree that, you know, even 15 years ago when I started, there was kind of like a formula of what you thought you could do. And I never expected the trajectory of different offerings to kind of be what it is now. And I think it's a beautiful time to be able to kind of like find who you are in this field. So I, I think it's really cool, but I think that's also why I'm so attracted to some of these ancient modalities because they have outlasted 
so many, you know, generations and they've been passed down. And I think that it's beautiful to obtain those traditions, but also honor them and trying to not dilute their potency by like mixing it up too much or trying to make it too like, you know, modern. But I think there's a fusion there that just can feel really natural and also like uphold the tradition of whatever culture it's from. So yeah, it's it's really cool. And I know that they're going to outlast me. <laughs> so I think that the, yeah. I, just the fact that I can offer them in this time for these people, there's something really great there. Yeah, I felt the same way when I got certified in Gua Sha. I'm like, oh my gosh, I had no idea I could do this with my hands and a, a stone into another human's face and make them feel so good. You made me think of something and I don't know. Do you remember going to a trade show? Like, did you go to any of the Vegas shows in 2006, seven? Our industry was on steroids. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's so funny. I think about like my lack mentality back in those days because I was so young and I'm like, I can't afford to go. But my colleagues would go or there was always this like retail raffle where one of the jobs I had, they would they would send one of us off. So I would just sell so much stuff and like try to gain the free ticket. But then it, you know, somebody who had like one raffle ended up going all the time. So it, but it was, and it was great, but yeah, no, it was definitely on steroids at the time. I felt like it was a great time for me to be new to it. So I could really learn and gain all this opportunity, but I, it was, was a lot. <laughs> when I first started, it would take me sometimes two to three days to get through the Vegas trade show floor because every booth had something crazy that was being, you know, brought into our industry in such an innovative way. And you don't see that so much anymore, which is no. why I think we're going back to these traditional type techniques, philosophies, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. I just feel like people are also evolving. Like it's been really interesting to see the arc of clients and how you know, even just thinking about like when you first started, what, like you were 2001, correct? Like you yes. were right after like the 9-11. I know your story. And Botox wasn't even FDA approved then. Like, and then to think in 2006, around the time I started, there were certain modalities got so popular, they weren't even invented yet. So to see people's needs change and to see what people, their wants, like their education on what's available change has been really interesting because I'm like, oh, in a few years, I don't think you're going to be that committed to that. (laughs) You know, like it's just kind of go with it. It's going to kind of keep you know, evolving based off of like what we need. And right now, I think as a society, we need more self-care, we need more grounded work. And, you know, we could do a lot on the skin, sure. And some people are still great recipients of that. But I find that just with our nervous systems being so rattled, like anything that kind of ground us and just to make us feel like ourselves again, is kind of enough, you know? That's where I'm at. I agree with you. And you said something that got me thinking too. Like I probably was in stepping into the beauty industry in the era of injectables. You probably stepped in, in the era of lasers. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, things do keep evolving, but I guess just the good old facial is kind of timeless because people will go through phases with injectables, go through phases with lasers, but my clients are always coming back for that monthly facial. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And I feel like I don't know why this is. I've never really taken the time to truly wonder it, but I've always attract women that are going through hormonal changes and even just through their pregnancies and postpartum. So they can't really get some of those services done. So I feel like I've always wanted to keep that sort of pregnancy safe skill set like on high because I just always attract those women. And I'm I'm so grateful because I love treating moms and I love treating women who are in that journey. I think it's it's a beautiful way for them to like go into motherhood as they're taking care of themselves because often that can shift so quickly as they become moms that I just am like, okay, good. I want you to just relax and be here for with me for the next hour. I will take care of you. I will make you feel like yourself again, you know? So I, that's another reason why I've kind of stuck to the good old facial because it is safe for everybody, you know? I can tell you why you attract those women if you want the woo-woo spiritual Lori to come out. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> because if you think, and I'm not a mom, but I do kind of get this as much as I can from not being through the experience. But when you are in that place as a woman, really 100%, whether you know it or not, your body is in a nurturing phase. 
Yeah. You're growing something inside you and you're a very nurturing person. I can tell just by talking to you. So they're craving yeah. something to feed their soul during yeah. that time. Yeah. So. Well, but thank you. I, I appreciate that. I'll, I take that as a compliment because that, that to me, I've, I've always wanted to be a mom too. And I'm in that like fertility process now. So it's been, I gained so much out of them coming to me too and sharing their experiences because I get to learn about things that I have yet to experience myself. So it's been a really, I think it's a powerful exchange. Well, I can also tell you this from being an esthetician and having the same clients for 17 years. Wow. I've never known a client that wanted to get pregnant that did not, no matter what the circumstances were. Like I had this one friend in high school, she had breast cancer at 30 and they wow. told her we have literally then use these words, but they said, we've destroyed your female parts by oh. chemo. You won't. And she got yeah. pregnant at 39. She, wow. Yeah. She's like, I wish they would have told me I really didn't want another baby. Now I'm glad I have one. But she yeah. like, so the human body, if you believe it heals itself, it gives you what you want. You just have to believe oh. in it, I think. I couldn't agree more. And I love that. But I'm glad you shared that because sometimes we just need to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Wow. That's great. That's so empowering to hear that and good for her. Wow. Yeah. I, I love that. I always try to remind my clients too, who just have, because, you know, when you're a more holistic, I use this loosely because a, a lot of people have told me I'm holistic. I just show up as me. And I, if that's, you know, how I'm represented, then I will gladly own that badge of honor. But I feel like then I attract people who they are contraindicated to other types of modalities. So I often see people in this like arc of their health and I just, I learn so much and I feel like I really get this like beautiful privilege of helping people just, you know, go through the resilient time, like where their, you know, their skin is like covered in hives or in eczema or whatever, because they're going through whatever. And to be able to see them go through it and to persevere, like it, it's a testament of like human strength and resilience yeah. all the time. So I'm, I'm grateful to see those, those individuals, you know? Well, uh, quite often we are part of the healing process and with another human being. And we yeah. don't, I don't think we honor that enough as estheticians because for so long we've been told we're not serious career professionals or this yeah. is a hobby or, and that's really why I started teaching and educating. I'm like, BS, I am doing really well at this and I'm having fun with it. And the same people who told me not to go to esthetician school after a few years were calling me going, wait, how did you do this? You know, these corporate friends of mine. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've had plenty of those conversations too. And they're such full circle moments yeah. and I, I don't shoo them away or I don't go, I told you, I'm like, Oh good. I'm glad that you're willing to see this for how I see it now. And let me share, let me share, yeah. let me help. You know, <laughs> exactly. I was going to ask you one more thing as we wrap it up. And now because I'm all over the place, I can't, I usually take notes as I'm talking, but yeah. Is there anything you want to share, like a success tip to somebody who feels like they're hanging on by a thread to their business, their sanity? It's not been an easy year to be a beauty professional, an esthetician. So do you have any advice for somebody that's trying to power up and power through? Yeah, I think we kind of hit on a lot of those points just through our conversation here of just like really try to continue to stay true to who you are. But also this, I feel like in a regular year, if I have a slow time, I usually that's, it's like a, a universe gift, you know, where I could be like, Oh my gosh, I wish I, I was busy. Where's my income going to come from? And I could really freak out about it. Or I can work on myself and make sure I feel really grounded. And there's always back end stuff that we can be doing. And to be able to be gifted like that time to really like, okay, what is it that I really want? Like, how do I really want to represent myself? And what is it that I want my clients to be experiencing? And like really asking ourselves like sort of those existential sort of deeper questions and like just going for it. Because if we just keep putting it off, like I don't think we're ever going to get this time to do such deep self inventory. So even with me, I'm not as busy as I typically am. And I find that those gaps are really opportunities for me to, to do some writing I've been wanting to do, to like check in with like myself and my health and, and see that if there's anything I want to do. So 
you know, I trust that doing that work will bring in the abundance when it is time. And those clients that we are meant to see will be attracted to us that much more in that presence. But it's it's really difficult. So just day by day, make some lists, <laughs> take care of yourself, reach out to your girlfriends. I have a, a couple of esthetician friends that I have done some mentoring with over the last couple of years. And we're on a group text. And anytime there's a frustration or there's a whatever, we just try to like cheerlead each other, but also make sure that we we honor the the experience we're in because you know we would be doing a disservice to estheticians watching this if we were like, oh yeah, you'll be fine. You know, just give it a couple more months and you'll be good to go. Like this is difficult and we have to lean on each other and support each other. And I do feel like there's going to be a boom for us very soon when things are going to be kind of rolling again. So in the meantime, just do, just do what you never have time to do. Yeah. You know, that boom has already started. Yeah. I mean, I know people that in my, my beauty club that are like, Oh my gosh, I'm at the same exact number financially that I was at last year at this time after being closed down six months. So it gave the opportunity to get their business ducks in a row for sure. Yes. I I think that's great because there's so many things that's always on my to-do list that I'm like, oh my gosh, if I wasn't so busy, I would have it done. But now it's like, well, I can do them now, (laughs) you know? I scrubbed my whole house, every bit of grout. It took me three days on my hands and knees and it was so therapeutic. I'm like, I never get to do stuff like this. There's nothing better than a clean floor. Oh, so I couldn't, that's I, a, that's a Virgo right there. <laughs> yeah. I, Jay was looking at me like, you're insane. I'm like, no, this actually feels good for me to do this. It was therapeutic. So do those things that make you feel good. Even if everyone else thinks you're insane. Yeah. I know what I wanted to ask you. I was on your website and I don't even like to research people a lot before I have them on the show because they feel like it kills the natural curiosity sure. just for these, good, you know, very authentic and genuine in the moment conversations, but you have, and I like to give things names. What I I call them almost digestibles for other estheticians, like a digestible enzyme, something for them to chew on. They're active. Like it'll help them create an active, maybe flow in their, in their life and their business. Talk about those a little bit, what you have on your website, the things to support other estheticians. Yeah. I have kind of like a lot of digestible stuff because I feel like, you know, especially someone like you, you've been doing this for so long, like you find that you just kind of have this abundance of knowledge that if you just wrote it down and you could share it, like it could really be supportive. So slowly started writing kind of blogs and then doing some online like video work and workshops and stuff. But primarily there's a, there's just an opportunity for you know me to help consult and mentor somebody if they just have specific questions about the holistic aspect of everything. I find there's a lot of estheticians who just like don't even know how to start being an esthetician. And I had a a former client the other day literally just asked me like, what do you learn in esthetician school? And we talked for an hour about it. So like being able to give sort of that behind the curtain look while being encouraging is, is there's a lot of that information on there. And then I have, I wrote an ebook called like just basically for aspiring estheticians. And there's a little quiz of in there of like how, you know, are you really like ready to be an esthetician or is this the right time for you? Or like, why are you attracted to this? It kind of is this like interactive exchange and then it provides a lot of resources and support so that they can start that career. And yeah, there's some great fun stuff in there. There's, I also have like, I've been blogging since 2015. So there's a lot of articles (laughs) on there. So if anyone just wants to read those, they're I find that they're informative still. And then you did a fun book that I saw, How to Break Up with Picking, or was that? Yeah, I, that was personally for me one of the biggest things when I finally stopped picking my skin because I'd been picking it since I was 10. And then when I became an esthetician, I'm like, well, now I'm a professional picker. I can do it even more. I found that I was doing it sort of like, unconsciously when I was nervous and then my face would be like really red. And I'm like, well, if I'm a professional, shouldn't I know how to like do this in a more methodical way, not mindlessly. So I broke up with that habit myself by redirecting, you know, when I was feeling like the urge to pick or, or was just being bored or being really self-critical about like the process of what's happening with my skin. And then 
slowly and surely, it, I started to uncover there were different practices like, you know, journaling helped me just knowing what's going on with the skin to not try to intervene at a specific time because our, our clients want to be estheticians when there's something that they want to pick at. They're like, no, I know because it's got the spot and I can tell I can get to it. I'm like, no, it's still you're interacting with a, a stage in your healing that could be dismissive. I'm like, if anything, call your esthetician or, you know, use this kind of spot treatment or use, you know, cool it down or mask the area. Like there's other more productive things you can do. So it's a great read for people who are just like looking for a step-by-step guide to breaking that up and understanding the psychology behind why they even do it in the first place, you know? So I, I that's a good one. Yes. I, I saw the title like, oh, well, that's perfect. I always try to educate my client. I'm like, this is what picking is. It's a few moments of gratification followed by hours of regret. Cause then yeah. you have a scar or even days and years of regret, right? Like yeah. so they go, oh, maybe you're right, Lori. It is just a few minutes that I get, yeah. you know, the gratification. And then I regret it for days, months after when I have the scar from it. I feel like not everybody is this intense with it, but there are people who almost use it as a form of self-harm. And to me, when I would see those individuals where I'm like, you're really hurting yourself and it's only to get this, like, I don't really know, like if it's a rush or what, like that, that sensation of feeling that pain, like we don't need to attack our skin. Like, would you attack another organ this way? And usually when I frame it like that, they're like, well, yeah, no, I probably wouldn't. I wouldn't like go at my liver or my brain or anything, you know? And so I, I kind of shift that. I remind them that this is an organ that's working and it's alive and, you know, we can work with it or we can work against it. And often picking can be working against it, not trusting this process. And there's always a more productive way to handle yeah. that. And the regret is often you know, something that it's not worth the mental capacity. Like we have so much that we're navigating in our day to day and other stressors that like regretting picking our skin, like we don't need to hold that weight on ourselves. We're already like human and we make mistakes and stuff, but just to feel that when there's ways to prevent doing that or to redirect, you know, but trust me, I fall off that wagon every once in a while. And I'll be like, Oh, wait, I'm just picking at something because I'm bored. <laughs> and then I, I try to coach myself through it again, I go through my steps, and it usually gets me back on track. <laughs> well, tell everybody your website so they can go check out these things. Everybody yeah. Well, so my my business name is Therapeutic Skin Coach, and you can find me at therapeuticskincoach.com. I have an Instagram, a Facebook, all of those things, a YouTube, and it's all Therapeutic Skin Coach, which by the way, I have to credit you for helping me discover that name. I took one of your beauty biz classes, and I was just going to go with my, my maiden name, Haley Roy Aesthetics. And like, luckily I got married and now that would have been kind of a hassle to change the name. But I, there was something in like navigating how to find your business name. Like there was, there was a way that you sequenced like that, this thought process for me that I was like, well, no, I'm more of a therapeutic skin coach. And then it clicked and I'm like, that's it. (laughs) That's what I am. So I really have to thank you for that because I get a lot of compliments on my business name because it's just who I am. Like, that's what I do. And that's what the extension of the work is. So yeah, yeah. that's where you can find me is just therapeuticskincoach.com. Or you can I look love, up Haley. I love, Wood. <laughs> I love that I helped you with that. Thank you yeah. for sharing that. Right. And Haley is spelled H-A-Y-L-E-Y. Just yes. in case. Okay. And Wood. So I'm curious. I'm going to ask you one more question. Yeah. And then I can tell you're definitely thinker, Virgo communication style, astrological sign that matches with mine. Cause I could sit here and talk to you all day long. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm curious, do you know, or what can you share about your vision for what your practice is going to look like in 2021? So I, I have a couple of things. I've been really wanting to get my nutrition certification for a long time for probably the last 10 years. And I aligning with a course that I like just feels really right for me right now. So that's kind of, and it's 10 months. So that's sort of where I'm seeing the, my 2021 kind of unfolding is being able to integrate that element of health coaching within my practice. Because since I'm already holistic, I'm always getting asked about food and diet and nutrition anyways. And I, 
I know a lot just from research and I know a lot just from my experience, but I really want to put the work behind diving into that a little bit more and to be able to provide it as a, as an additional service for people who are in need of that. So beyond that, hopefully just still maintaining and growing and, continuing to, you know, find a place on social media where I could speak to people because I know it's so great for, for us, no matter how big the platform is, like we're connected to people all over the world. And so for me, it's just coming up with content that really resonates with self acceptance, self compassion, self love, and just really making sure that that is a big a big pillar of my, you know, my business forever, but especially 2021, that's going to feel really aligned for me. That's kind of what I'm envisioning. I love that. And I mean, there has not been a better time to, or for people to tap into the self-love because, oh my gosh, what else do we have to do? We're spending a lot of time as introverts (laughs) in our homes right now. So Well, I wish you nothing but success in 2021. And I want to thank you so much for spending time with me this morning. I really enjoyed it. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. And I'm glad we were able to have this fun Virgo chat, (laughs) Virgo Essie chat. (laughs) So thank you so much. And I'm really grateful. Awesome. Thanks so much, Haley. Thank you. Thanks for joining me for today's episode of the beauty biz show. If you enjoyed the show and you would take the time to leave a kind review over on iTunes, that is very much appreciated. And if you find you are left craving more beauty biz inspiration and success tools, then you're going to want to head over to beautybizclub.com, which is the premier online success Academy where talented practitioners go to maximize their potential and to become booked perfectly. Again, that is beautybizclub.com and it would be my pleasure and my honor to help you tap into your highest potential in the beauty industry. 